Welcome to the NOLA Podcast. I'm Rue. This episode, we chat with Leslie Harris, a newly elected councilwoman for District B, one of the most diverse and interesting areas in the city. Two of the city's most famous streets, St. Charles Avenue and Magazine Street, lie in District B. We learn about her top priorities for the city of New Orleans and how she plans to tackle issues like crime, blight, and keeping the best and brightest minds at home in her adopted city. As always, Bugash has the interview. Yes, sir. Take it away. Leslie, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Oh, great. Perfect, perfect. But how, just, just generally, you know, talk about what, how are people, what are people talking about when you're out there actually as for the issues that they're concerned about? Sure. Uh, so I, w- I was, I'm out there every single day in all neighborhoods. This morning I was at um, the Valero on South Claiborne just talking to people as they were getting breakfast. And the thing about New Orleans and especially District B is that while it's diverse, people's concerns seem to be the same. It's the infrastructure, the giant potholes that surround us, the traffic lights that are out. Um, it's the crime, and you just saw that horrible story this morning about Judge Pittman's mother randomly being shot. Um, and it's the economic development issues, um, making sure that there are jobs and opportunities for everyone in New Orleans, not just a few of us. So it, that, no matter who you are, that's what we're talking about, um, and that's what the folks are talking about when I'm out there campaigning and shaking hands and doing all this stuff that I do. What is it that that Leslie Harris, if elected, could bring to to District B that the incumbent is not doing? I think the key words are accountability and accessibility. So the word accountability to me means that if I'm not doing what I say that I'm going to do, then the people need to hold me accountable. I'm someone who takes this responsibility very seriously. And so when I say that I can help with violent crime, with strategies, hold me accountable to that. When I say that I'm going to make sure that these giant potholes are filled on a timely basis in a way that's orderly and organized, hold me accountable. The current council person has not been held accountable, um, except for now that he's gotten, you know, less than 50% of the vote. And I think that people have spoken. There needs to be accountability on the city council. The other thing is accessibility. I'm not just going to be around when it's time to get reelected. I'm going to be in the community, driving the streets, looking at our neighborhoods and talking to people to make sure that I'm doing what the people need. Right. What is it that that are your top three priorities? Sure. So the top three priorities, it's nothing fancy. It, it really is fixing our infrastructure issues, again, in a manner that makes sense and that is trackable and visible to the people. Um, and that includes fixing the traffic lights that are blinking all over town. Um, addressing violent crime and emergency services. So we are at critically low levels of firefighters and EMS workers, um, but we're also losing NOPD officers um, all the time and we're, we're short on NOPD officers. So we need to um, make sure that we have recruitment and retention strategies for all of our emergency services 
and that includes partnerships with local universities to provide higher education for those folks. Um, affordable housing, if we can provide affordable housing opportunities for our emergency services workers. Um, but it also means providing opportunities for young people so that they don't see crime as a way of making money, that there are alternatives in New Orleans. Um, and the third thing is economic development. So I think infrastructure and crime prevention drives economic development. A lot of companies are not coming to New Orleans because um, of, of those primary issues. A lot of folks, including people's children and grandchildren, my friends, are saying that they're going to move out of New Orleans or not considering New Orleans as an option. And so that that stifles economic development at all levels because there aren't enough people who want to work here in New Orleans. So those are my three primary um things that I want to focus on when I'm elected. Talk about you. I mean, because you have uh, you have presented yourself and um, in, in, in videos as well as out in the community and whatnot. And, those, and there are people who do know about Leslie Harris and what she does. But just briefly talk about your background and so sure. people can get to know you. Sure. So, um, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> incumbent criticizes me that I'm not from here, but I've been in New Orleans since 1999. I came here to go to Tulane Law School. I came here when I was 23 years old, and I'm now 46. So I've literally spent half of my life in New Orleans. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm here. Um, I lived through Katrina. I was here during Ida. Um, and so I have helped rebuild this community after those two tragedies and, and did not go anywhere. Um, so there's that. But, you know, I've also been in the community volunteering my time. Um, I was part of the Martinet Legal Society and still am a member. I'm a board member of the New Orleans Bar Association. I'm a longtime board member of Yaya. Um, which is Young Artists, Young Aspirations, that provides art and entrepreneurship opportunities. And I'm a member of my community um, in Central City, so we have a very close-knit community. All the neighbors know each other, we help each other out, and, and again, that's why I'm running, it really is. I just really want to help my neighbors and my community um, be the best that it can be. You, you mentioned something, um, you talked about about Yaya, and I, I do I do actually remember when it first started, and uh, some of the guys who actually, or you know, great friends of mine when it first started, Lionel Milton and others. And yo, talk about because I am someone as a as an advocate for young people and someone who works in education too. That to to think about young people, what what types of programming in District B as well as just more broadly that you would attempt to bring to to New Orleans to help young people have alternatives to, to crime and violence? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So one of the early um, articles that I wrote, I talked about um, partnering with DXC, which is that tech company that's here in New Orleans, um, and getting programs for coding um, and other computer tech programs into high schools and middle schools potentially through Nord, through the vehicle of Nord. Um, and I did talk to DXC right after that article came out and they're very interested in it. They said the city had never reached out to them to talk about getting programs 
into high schools and middle schools. So that's one thing that I think that we can focus on quickly. I think a lot of kids don't understand that there's opportunity besides college. Um, I grew up in the country and with a strong vocational program um, for local high schools. And I think having folks out there who are builders, contractors, electricians, people who are really out there working and, and making sure that our young people see that there's opportunity in the trades, I think that's important. I know people who haven't been on the campus of Loyola and it's right here or the campus of UNO. So I think we need to get some programs where we're having kids actually go into the campuses, see that it's possible for them and that there are different tracks for them. So I think we just need to increase opportunity in that way by education and providing sort of insight into what the opportunities are here in New Orleans. Um, and the other thing is this, we, we're talking a lot about clean energy and clean energy strategies like solar and wind and water. And I think that we can really be a hub of training our young people in that um, so that New Orleans can be a premier place for clean energy and that our young people are part of that future and part of that opportunity. More of our interview with Leslie Harris after these messages. This episode was brought to you in part by Mr. Chill's First Class Cuts, located at 2734 South Carrollton Avenue, is the premier barbershop in the city of New Orleans. Founded by the iconic Wilbert Mr. Chill Wilson, it continues to be the place where one can receive first class service. So call today at 504-861-7530 to make an appointment. Mr. Chill's First Class Cuts continuing the tradition of excellence, service, and giving back to the community. Back to our interview with Councilwoman Leslie Harris. That's interesting you mentioned that, um, Leslie, because I think it ties into some of the things that, you know, I, I, I would agree with you in the sense that I think that oftentimes that there is a, there's not really an achievement gap. It's more of an aspiration and information gap. I think that people don't have access to information and oftentimes their aspirations are thwarted, if you will, where where they shoot really low. Right. And and I think that New Orleans have a unique opportunity right now with uh, with, with new leadership and, and new vision for for the possibilities of what could happen in this city, not just for our young people, but more generally. So just talk about your larger vision for for the district. Yeah, so again, I think the larger vision, it goes back to fixing the essentials, cleaning up District B so that we can have a community that we can be proud of. I drive around in my neighborhood and I see tires everywhere. And these are little things, but they're, but ultimately all these little things can, can build the larger picture. If we have a city that we can be proud of, if our kids see us doing what we need to be doing to make the city the best it can be, then they can see a future here. And again, it's it's a future of New Orleans that provides opportunity, that provides safe streets, um, that provides roads that are drivable, um, where their grandparents and parents aren't having their water shut off or their electricity turned off because of high um, utility rates. So it, it really is fixing the basics so that we can have a livable 
city with a good quality of life. Again, it's not rocket science. It's not anything that's um, <laughs> super visionary. But but again, it's all these little things that I think will, will inspire people, especially our young people, to stay here in New Orleans. But you you did mention uh, something that I, I do think that. It's somewhat problematic when you think about the fact that you 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 went to Tulane and um, yeah. and many people and I would I would argue that New Orleans is a college town given its size and the amount of colleges that actually exist in New Orleans. But what you often have is you have matching problems where you have a brain drain where people get degrees yeah. and then they have to leave because there are not necessarily economic opportunities for them to stay. What is it that you as a member of um, the legislative branch of New Orleans government working with other members as well as in the business community and whatnot and economic development to really specifically bring the kind of jobs that could keep people here in New Orleans? Yeah, that's, a, that's a, another great question. So I've spoken to Walt Leger, he's over at Nolan Company, quite a bit about this issue. And while tourism is our biggest industry, even a, a, a company or an organization like New Orleans and Company, which drives tourism here, says that we need to diversify economically. We need to diversify in our businesses. So I have nothing against the tourism industry, but I do think that we need to have other opportunities. Again, DXC was a big win, and the way that they got here was through various tax credits, um, and, and I think that we can attract businesses and, and incentivize small businesses with additional tax credits. I think we can make the process of starting a business easier. Um, I don't... I'm not, I'm not a business owner, but I've spoken to a lot of business owners and they talk about having to run up and down the stairwell of City Hall in order to get occupational licenses, in order to get, um, get their businesses up and running. And that can take a lot of time, especially when you're an entrepreneur, especially if you have a job and you're striving to start a small business. So I think we need to streamline those processes. And I think that that's something that the city council can really push for. So that helps not only small businesses, but it helps large businesses as well. Um, but again, we have to have a livable city. So when you know conventions are coming in and we have these businesses and companies coming to New Orleans, we need to make sure that New Orleans looks like the shining bright star can be so that businesses are saying, yes, I, I can I can see starting a business in New Orleans because we have all the wonderful things that New Orleans has, but we also have streets that are drivable um, and <laughs> utilities that aren't shut off randomly. Right, and a couple of quick ones. Um, you, you, do, you did mention a, a shiny city that people would want to come and make that investment in, and, and I would say that in, in District B, where you have um, the where Aretha Castle Haley is, and when you get to where the bridge is, you have a uh, you have basically a, a homeless colony, and it's a lot of problems with homelessness, more generally in New Orleans, but particularly, you know, in, in Central City. So, what what is it that you, as as a person on the city council, especially I I would say the ground zero of uh, much of the homelessness in New Orleans would do to address that problem? So my understanding is that currently what is done by the city is that they, the city goes in and does accounts of people, but they don't really talk to the folks who are there. And so they don't know what the underlying problems are and why that um, 
the reason, the core reason why some of the folks are on the street. And the, the issue can vary. It can be people who want to be homeless. There was an article in NOLA.com um, about the, the man who chooses to be unhomed and build all, you know, the shelter with all these campaign signs. But there are people who have fundamental problems with alcoholism, with drug use, mental health problems. And so I think we need to solve those underlying problems. We're not going to be able to do it immediately, um, but we certainly need to be be able to provide wraparound services, get them over to places like Odyssey House so that they can be in treatment, um, provide affordable housing opportunities. Um, we need to look at getting folks into low barrier homeless shelters. And I, I know that there are a lot of barriers because people have dogs or again, some folks just want to be out there, but we need to provide um, I think it goes back to education and understanding why uh, people are out there. It's like a, it's a hard problem to solve, and we're not the only city with the, this issue. And so I think we can look to other cities to see what they have done to address this problem. I would agree, and I think that, and I just came back from from DC actually, and saw some of the same problems, and uh, and in, in many other cities I've traveled around, whether it's in the U.S. or in other countries I've been to. The thing is that I think that a a holistic you you mentioned what all the stuff you mentioned that definitely I think more holistic approaches where it's not necessarily a one size fit all solution, and I think more broadly that that is a problem in the city just generally that I think that too often there aren't really holistic approaches. And I do appreciate that you have actually talked about this in a more holistic way. And it would be exciting to see the results of something like that if it was approached in that way. Yeah, I, I think we have to approach it that way. And the other thing that we need to do is provide funding to the, the organizations and grants to the organizations that are actually addressing these problems. Um, the final thing I will say on this issue and, and many other issues in the city is that the city can really serve as a hub to be a convener. And by that, I mean getting together nonprofits who, are, who have similar missions so that the nonprofits can understand what they're each doing. Um, so we saw that with the mutual aid societies that popped up after Hurricane Ida. Nobody knew what the other were, were doing. And so there was like this disorganization and chaos for a long time. Um, so I think that the city, even if it's something as simple as putting a website up of like, here are the services that are available. Um, here is a hub for the nonprofits who are addressing the various issues, whether it be, um, you know, helping formerly incarcerated people or helping the unhomed. I think that the city can really serve a function as being a hub. And that's something that I would look forward to, to doing and implementing. And on a lighter note, what do you what do you love about New Orleans and its people? Oh gosh, what I so I live on Barone Street. I talk about my community a lot. I love Second Line Sundays. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> it is my favorite thing. I love just getting out there with everyone, watching the music, just being around our people, walking down to get some yakamine from Miss Linda. You know, I just. Second Line Sunday is my favorite thing in the world, and I'm glad that we're getting back to that. Right. And um, is there anything else that you would like to say but that we haven't talked about? You know, I just, I'm really excited for the future of New Orleans. I think we have a good opportunity to have a strong council 
And JP said something that I think resonates with me. Having a strong council makes a strong mayor. And so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll up my sleeves, get to work, um, get to work with the mayor and do what we need to do to get the city back on track. Uh, we're in a, in New Orleans and you did mention Yakami. So the thing is that, you know, and we're such a city with so much flavor in so many ways. What's, what's Leslie Harris um, recipe? For a uh, an amazing and purposeful life. What is the recipe? I think the recipe is hard work, having friends and family who support you. I think it's looking forward to opportunities, but really putting your head down and doing the job. That's how I've always achieved um, having good role models and mentors. And so that goes back to the point of we need to show the possibilities to our young people to inspire them to be the best that they can be. Yeah, and uh, and Leslie, like I said, you know, I I know that at some point I would love to to talk to you more about some of the things that you are doing because I do feel that there are lines of um, of connection in the work that I do in the media, but it's but but some of the cultural work that I do in the community as well, and I look forward to to speaking with you after your your victory. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, let's sit, let's sit down and talk because I think it's important, especially for publications like yours to get the word out that there are resources out there. Definitely. So, so take care and good luck. All right. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks for listening. And thanks to newly elected councilwoman, Leslie Harris. You can find out more about her at Leslie Harris for NOLA.com. Please subscribe to get the next episode of the NOLA podcast. For Bugash, I'm Ruth. Peace.